On today's episode of Siren Sports, Town and Rico dive into the surprising outcome of the XFL championship game, try to get some sort of idea of what the GOAT Tom Brady is up to after retirement, our thoughts and reactions to the upcoming conference finals in the NBA playoffs, and break down the latest news about the troublesome John Morant. Coming up on Siren Sports. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome, welcome, welcome back to Cyrus Sports, man. And here we are on episode fucking five. It's crazy. Past five weeks, we've been putting together episodes, getting it out to the public, and y'all been rocking with us. Shout out to y'all. Welcome back to Siren Sports. I'm your host. I go by the name of Town. Across from me is your co-host, Rico. Yes, How sir. you living this week, Rico? Couldn't be more happy. See you another day. I'm blessed, you know. That's how I can really say. Yeah, it's a it's a beautiful rainy day here in the uh, Mile High City, man. On a on a rainy Mother's Day, I hope y'all are enjoying. Happy Mother's Day to y'all mothers out there from Siren Sports, man. Thank you for all you do. Hi, mom. <laughs> Hi, mommy. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Oh, man, but we got some topics to cover this week, man. It's been a crazy week in sports. What's on the top of your agenda, man? What you got? What you got? So we're going to have to go over some stuff today. You know, we had the XFL championship yesterday. Uh, we got some new news about John Morant. Okay. So we're going to get He's into back that. in the news, huh? We're we going to get into that later. <laughs> I, I got some shit to talk about with him. And then, of course, you got the, uh, you know, end of the second going into the conference final section of the NBA playoffs, man. And it's, oh, man. I don't know if y'all can notice. I'm rocking a Nuggets hat today. It's, okay. it's backwards. And there's a game seven going on. Today. There is in like T minus like two hours we're gonna have Boston and uh, Philadelphia going Game Seven so that's gonna be fun to break down I'm excited for that see who's gonna be facing the Miami Heat in the Eastern Conference Finals but what's going on with the XFL I know last week we touched a little bit on the championship game that was going on the craziest underdog story happened last night in the XFL championship so last night the Arlington Renegades played. Uh, the DC, the DC team. I'll be forgetting. Defenders. The defenders. Yeah, I'll be forgetting their names sometimes. So, Arlington came in to the championship basically four and six in the regular season and made the playoffs because they were in the South Division. They won uh, upset game last week against the Roughnecks of Houston, and they won last night the championship game to end up six and six basically on the season. They won thirty five to twenty six. Oh, wow. Yeah, and their quarterback won the MVP, uh, Luis Perez. He started off in the Vegas team and got traded midseason, led that team to a championship. That is incredible to get traded midseason and take a quarterback, take over the starting quarterback role and lead your team to a championship that year. That's incredible. It was crazy because they were the underdog going into the game. Well, I mean, with a with the four and six record, that's like an, the equivalent of the winner of the you know NFC South uh, going to the Super Bowl and winning. Because you know they they've been uh, outside of Tom Brady's championship <laughs> year, they've had uh, some some rough ones over there in the NFC South, NFC East too. But they've gotten better now. So yeah, they've definitely gotten better. Gotten better. Who uh, who else gave a standout performance? Uh, I would say it was definitely Perez. Uh, even though the defenders didn't win, uh, I know Tiamu, the other quarterback, played pretty well from what I saw. Um, the receivers for Arlington were going crazy. They were getting like 40, 50-yard runs and scoring. Oh, like, wow. I, I don't think D.C. was expecting to lose to them. Like I feel okay. like they came up and was just like, okay, we got this game in hand. But like they, y'all are, they considered the other team lucky to even be there. Yeah, I think – DC didn't score until like the third quarter. Oh wow! Yeah, so it was it was a crazy game here. Okay, so some defense showed up too. Yeah, some defense showed up for a team that was four and six. Well, but also, you got to give credit to that team because their coach is Bob Stoops. Okay, old Oklahoma coach. Okay, so Bob Stoops is a legend. Legend. So national champion, XFL champion. Hey, well that's how it goes. Um, I also heard Wade Phillips was in the XFL coaching it, wasn't he? Yep, yep. He's on the uh, the Roughnecks team, so they lost that game that where they played uh, Arlington. So okay, got you, man. I love Wade Phillips. If uh, especially in the Denver area, he's considered such a legend after the 2015 mm-hmm. season. That man is a legend. It would have been nice to have him as a head coach after 
all the coaching problems and stuff that happened in Denver. It would have been nice to have him there because the defense was so used to having him as a coach, but they're still striving without him. So yeah, definitely. That well, the the blueprint of what he built is still here. Yeah, and for them to build that championship team with all the doubts, and you know, here we are. I, I love. Back on the Broncos, I love talking about the Broncos, man. That's just no fly zone, no fly zone. That was a that was a great time. Let me tell you, I was very drunk for that Super Bowl. <laughs> I was very excited because you know I had to get my get back for my team because you know the Super Bowl always happens around my birthday, and we all know how it ended when they went to the Super Bowl in 2014, 2013. Playing you know, Seattle, playing Seattle, terrible, and then. I had a birthday party, worst birthday party ever. I went, I went downstairs, just went to sleep. But we beat Carolina, best birthday ever. When, <laughs> when Denver lost to Seattle in the Super Bowl, I was also very drunk. I was so depressed. Yeah, it was, it was, <laughs> it was not a good time. I sat there and just literally like in shock. I couldn't believe it. Yeah, I couldn't believe it either. You know, the greatest offense of all time just win the couldn't win the title. Couldn't even score more than eight points. That just, hey, that just shows you how good that Legion of Boom was. Facts. Yeah, that was a, that was also another legendary defense, man. So sure. for them to do that to us, that the, honestly, they, I can't help but even put them a little bit above the Broncos' 2015 defense. No one else was going to do that to Denver that year. Conspiracies. We won't talk about none of that. So yeah, and I don't know. We don't. <laughs> I don't know. Conspiracies are fun sometimes, Conspiracies. man. Conspiracies are fun. But, all right, man. We're going to move on to the next topic. In official news, Adam Schefter reported that Dan Snyder is officially selling the team, agreeing to an exclusive agreement with Josh Harris and his investment group, including Magic Johnson and several others. Um, what are your thoughts on Dan no longer being able to Dan in D.C.? Oh, thank God. Dan's not going Dan no more in D.C. You know, I have a couple of uh, semi-pro teammates that are Washington Commander fans. They've been telling me how happy they are for them to get a new owner because he felt like they felt like Dan Snyder just wasn't bringing enough talent to the team to help them be successful and make those pushes in the playoffs that they needed to. So I can say congrats. Dan's not going Dan no more. Dan's not going Dan no more. I mean, Dan's probably going Dan, but just not in the NFL. Yeah, just not in the NFL. Not in the NFL. He's going Dan in his other business ventures, which, you know, hey, more power to you. Just don't bring that shit in the NFL, bro. Exactly. We don't need it. Yeah, we don't we don't need scumbag owners like you out there, <laughs> man. So let's hope uh let's hope 76ers owner Josh Harris and his group can come in and, you know, set it set the right precedent for DC because they they deserve some some good leadership in that in that organization. I gotta give Magic Johnson credit too. He he's all invested in these new teams and are trying to get into put stakes into teams because well, there's a lot of money. In, I mean, mm-hmm. you you just saw the six billion dollars for this franchise. Now it's not official official yet. It has to go to the other owners and they have to approve it and that process takes a couple months so maybe by the time training camp and preseason start is when the the transition is really going to happen so this is still dan snyder's team this is this is still his his blueprint this is still what he put together and next year is when we're going to see the josh harris effect take take trying to get a new stadium actually roll out um Bringing new and better players into the team that want to help the team win. I don't know. It's going to be pretty interesting to see. It's going to be very interesting to see. Very, very interesting, man. Um, honestly, I think you could look at what uh, Rob Walton and Greg Penner are doing out here in Denver. It's kind of a blueprint for how that's going to go. Um, money, money, money. Money, money, money for sure. But, you know, they're going to they're gonna slowly say, oh, well, we're going to take a look and see about a new stadium. We're going to see. Like, they're just they're going to slowly just let out little trinkles of information i can also see them getting a new head coach by the end of the season i don't think ron rivera is going to be there too long um i think ron rivera at least survives this season regardless what happens he's the one that steadies the ship while the transition happens and that's on that's on him to to really to hold it down essentially while everything else goes on in the background and if if he can put together a good enough season to justify another one then i could see them keeping him around but if it's just like okay you did your part thank you but 
Goodbye. Goodbye. Essentially, yeah. It might be him. The GM might be gone. It depends on really how they play this year. So I don't know. We, we'll have to see what happens. Yeah, and you know, with the NFC East, there's there's no room for error. Well, if I'm being quite honest, I don't even think they'll be top two. The Eagles definitely gonna be number one. They they stacked back up. It's gonna be a toss up between the Giants and the Cowboys. I can care less, but. Philadelphia is going to be number one again in that division. So the thing <laughs> with the NFC East, the thing that gets me with that is it's always a crapshoot with them. There's no consistency. You can be fourth one year and then first the next year and then back at fourth the next year. Jalen Hurts could have a horrible year after getting his contract. We don't know how that's going to play out. And this is someone c- coming from someone who wants to see the Eagles succeed. And they all just take turns like, oh, you can have first place. You can have first place. Yeah. Like we were kind of talking about earlier with the NFC South. It was just like it's a it's not consistent. No, it's not consistent at all. Whereas, you know, you go to the AFC West and there's been a consistent champion there for a long time. Mm, Don't even want to talk about it. Yeah. I mean, (laughs) we got to deal with it. So for now, for now, speaking of, do you think the Broncos snap the streak this year against the Chiefs? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. We should have done it last year. We got way too. I feel like we got cheated out both of them games last. Yeah, year. the refs did pull some fuck just fuck shit on on both those games. The streak is gonna be over because they should have lost. We should have beat them in Kansas City last year. Like the bullshit the refs were doing to keep them as the first seed was insane. Yeah. So this is our year to beat them. I hope so, man. And I hope I hope if anyone can match wits with uh, Andy Reid, it's gonna be Sean Payton. Yeah. Exactly. That's why I'm so glad to have him as a coach because he's going to want success. He's going to make Russell Wilson become a better quarterback. The play that he had last year, he's not going to let that shit slide at all. No, definitely. And it's it's crazy because even with the play that they got last year, they were still in those games against the Chiefs to the very end. Exactly. And, you know, it took, you know, three Jerry Judy touchdowns to make a big comeback and all of a sudden you're in the game. But then Russell Wilson gets knocked out and, you know, that just kind of blew up the whole parade right there, regardless of how good Brett Rippon came in and played after the fact. Exactly. Broncos have had a lot of bad luck against the Chiefs. A lot of, like, literally very small windows that were just missed. And because and because of that, they didn't, they haven't been able to capitalize or gain a victory against the Chiefs. And I hope, I hope it's the year, man. I'm tired of losing to them motherfuckers. I'm tired of losing to them. I'm tired of losing to them bum-ass Raiders, too. We'll see y'all week one. Week one and 17, or 18. Yep. I got to go to the week one game. I got some shit to talk. <laughs> yeah, man. I already know how that goes. My my first uh my first game ever was a Broncos Raiders game on Christmas Eve. Oh, I know that was intense. Yeah, I was like 10 years old, bro. I was talking mad shit. I believe it. I believe it. I just want to say on here right now, if Gary watches this, fuck the Raiders. He's probably going to watch this podcast. And then be talking shit because we made a deal saying the Broncos was going to have a better record than the Raiders. So we'll see what happens, Gary. Hopefully hopefully you don't watch this. So. I mean, I think it all just depends on the team health. If Jimmy Garoppolo and Russell Wilson can both stay healthy, I think it's going to be kind of a toss-up. I think they're going to be neck and neck. I hate Garoppolo because he's a Raider. Hey, there you go. Well, he didn't have far to move from uh, San Francisco oh, to San Francisco to Vegas. What? I was going to say to Oakland. I forgot they moved again. Yeah, well... I don't know, because, you know, they're starting to become like the New England Raiders or something, because I see all these Patriot players going to the Raiders now. So, well, I mean, you look at Hurricane Josh leading that team now. Mm. Mm. I love it. I love it. Keep Josh, keep doing your thing. Keep joshing out there in, uh, yeah, yeah. in Vegas. Keep, yeah, stay out there and do what you do best. And you know what we're talking about. <laughs> Bronco fans know very well what the Raiders are going through currently. So, you know, good luck. Good luck. I wish y'all well. Um, Josh Jacobs, best best player on your team. He's a hell of a player. Pay the man. Yeah, pay the man. Or trade him. Trade him out, trade him out of AFC West. Please. Yeah, trade him. Trade him. We'll, we'll love a trade. Yeah. Go ahead. Trade, trade that man. We'll take a trade. Exactly. <laughs> I'm not complaining. Trade him. Just like y'all traded Darren Waller. Yeah. Oh, man. I, man, I don't know what the hell they're doing. I don't know what they're doing either. So, Hey, maybe they'll prove us wrong. Trade Devontae Adams, too. Please. <laughs> well, man, uh, moving on to, you know, other NFL news, being that we're already talking about the Raiders. Rumor has it Tom Brady is about to buy a minority stake in the Raiders. What is your reaction to that? Why? 
I feel like if anything, I feel like I thought it would have made more sense for him to do it like New England or something. But buying a stake in the Raiders, look, long as he doesn't come back, I don't care. I guess long as he does not come back, because if he's like, I'm, I'm retiring, become a Raider, I'll be fucking sick to my stomach. I honestly wouldn't be sick to my stomach because if we're being 100% honest, Tom Brady, his entire career has never stopped the Broncos from doing anything. That's facts, though. And the you know, 2013, 2015 Super Bowls that we went to beat Tom Brady in the AFC Championship game to get there. Twice. Twice. And he had a, a losing record against us for the longest time. It were, were, the Broncos are still the only team that he doesn't have a winning record against as a Patriot. Write that down, people. Write it down. Only team. And I'm proud of that. He didn't stop us from doing shit. One of the most iconic moments in Broncos history was uh, Chad Bailey's 102, almost, 102 yard almost pick six in the 2005 uh, AFC Divisional round. It was Tom Brady's first ever playoff loss handed to him by the Denver Broncos. And Vaughn did get a pick on him too. Vaughn, yeah, he was scared of Vaughn. That's why, that's why he threw that That's why he threw that pick. He felt the pressure that wasn't there. Mm-hmm. But he was seeing ghosts out there. Exactly. Oh, that, that made me so happy to see that. He had his ass shook. He did. He did. He do that. Yeah, that's that's a that's a Von Miller trait. But man, let me tell you, Tom Brady owning the Raiders <laughs> after the after the whole tuck rule. Do you think the Raiders fans are going to be cool with that? I'll give him a little grace, I guess. I don't know. I feel like to this day, it still makes Raider fans sick. So they'll give him a little slack, but they're still like, no, nah, fuck you. Well, Tom himself will joke about it and throw it in the face of Raiders fans about how like he knew that he that the NFL <laughs> fucked up. <laughs> like he'll he'll do that or show him all his rings. Like, look how many rings I got. I got. Yeah, and, and you know it was the it was the Tuck rule that's kind of responsible for the dynasty. If you really go exactly. back, that was like the catalyst behind everything. It's crazy how many people think that game was an AFC Championship game and it wasn't. No, it was a divisional, wasn't it? Yeah, it was a divisional game, and then people was like, it was an AFC Championship game. It was not. <laughs> I thought Tom Brady was for sure going to come back as, as the goat, as someone who gave up his whole ass family to play one more year in the NFL. Like, why would you not at least make it a little more worth it? I, I feel like after the way last year ended and then all the problems that were coming out with him and his family, it was just like, nah, maybe it's just time to hang it up. But it seems like he's having a good time in retirement as of right now. So well, I mean, that man has more money than he knows what to do with. He's the fucking GOAT football player. He got his rings. Yeah, like there's there's no one, there's nothing that he didn't accomplish playing this game. First ballot Hall of Famer. If they could put him in today, they would. Oh, yeah. But he might unretire tomorrow and come back and be quarterbacking San Francisco. <laughs> Chill out. Just just stay at home. You You don't even got to come back out. Last year was disappointing to see, so I feel like you should just end on a high note and end, end where you ended at because sometimes some people just don't know how to retire and it gets way worse. So. Yeah, they, they leave, they like sour their legacy. Yeah, so. By sticking around too long. And I'm glad someone like Peyton Manning didn't do that. You know? Yeah, he so, left when he needed to leave. Yeah, he because I mean, could he have played another year? Yeah. Yeah, but would it have been anything like the Peyton Manning of, you know, 2013 and half of 14 that we saw. No, it wouldn't have. And like kind of the same with Tom Brady. He kind of hit a cliff at the end of last year. Exactly. And it was, it was kind of obvious that father time had caught up to him a little bit. And I think he recognized that. And I think he's, he's cool doing, doing that. But did, uh, did you see what the Patriots are doing to honor Tom Brady? They're honoring him the very first game. Yeah, the the very first home game. I don't know. I don't know if it's the first game, but yeah, they're having a Tom Brady day, and they're they're bringing him out, and they're going to celebrate the six rings that he won there for them. I wonder how him and Belichick are going to get along. Exactly. They better have a full pyro display, put his jersey on on the stadium, something. But I know I know Robert Kraft's going to take good care of him. I think he's one of the best owners in the league as it is. So. I think that celebration is probably going to be top notch because oh, it's it's definitely going to be top notch. You know, you know, uh, Robert Kraft likes his happy endings exactly, and he appreciates everything he's, that Brady's done for that team. If so. you know, you know. Yeah, he he loves them little happy endings. <laughs> we're, not gonna, we're not going to talk about that. No, no, no. That's a that's a again. If you know, you know. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, but yeah, uh, Robert Kraft's going to do it right. Honestly. 
I think there's only one way to truly honor Tom Brady in front of Gillette Stadium. You got to give him a fucking statue oh, yeah. of him standing next to a goddamn Billy Goat. Give him a statue. 12's already going to be retired, but you got to give him a statue outside the stadium. No, and he has to be standing next to a goat. There's there's no other way to to commemorate Tom Brady. Look, he got to make sure he... he Picture got to be like this. Oh, but are you going you gonna to discredit him? Are they going to put the, the Buccaneers one up too? I, I don't know if they're going to put the Buccaneers one up. They, they probably feel in some type of way. So they'd be like, you can put the six up. You can't put the <laughs> I think they, uh I think they include the seventh Super Bowl ring on there, but they don't like, they don't make it obvious. Probably. I know they won't show no highlights from the seventh. So they were like, we'll show you your six Super Bowl rings, but seven, we're, we're not going to show that one. So. Think, think they'll show the highlight of him throwing the Lombardi trophy across the boat? You have to. <laughs> that boy was faded. Oh, man. Uh, to beat Tom Brady and to be so drunk that you could just throw a Super Bowl trophy from one boat to another. Like, how many people like get to touch that in their lifetime and this motherfucker's just throwing it across the boat? He said, fuck it. <laughs> It was Gronk who caught it, right? Uh, yeah. See, it was during COVID, you know. Shit was going on. Yeah. They said, fuck it, we're going to have a good time. So, Yeah, that was an interesting year in the NFL. It really was. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm glad that we don't have to go through that shit anymore. It was weird not having fans in the stands and they're going to pump crowd noise in. Like, it, it, it was almost like a Tesla. Like, they're pumping in engine noise just so you could feel like you're driving something. I would say the very first couple weeks were funny as hell, though, because you can hear the players on field and you can see how much cussing was going on the field. Yeah. And you're just like, he just said fuck right now. <laughs> it was, I don't know. I, I felt like it was pretty funny, though, just to hear all the the players on there talking and you're just like they'd say that right now i could have sworn he just did say that so like uh i remember it was a raiders game in week one of that year uh i was watching because you know it's the nfl return of the nfl and Derek carr is doing his you know his pre-snap reads and his his uh cadence and whatnot and just to hear the audibles that they're doing he's over there cindy gruden cindy gruden like he's talking about you know john gruden's wife and like (laughs) like uh, like it's just it was funny to actually hear all that shit break down and then of course all the shit talk on the field like they can't censor that in real time for real so you're you're getting the full experience exactly it's, it's amazing how well you were able to hear it without you know 70,000 fans are screaming exactly but the XFL did it first though I'm, I'm gonna say that now they did it first having cameramen go on the field talk to the players whatever come off the field they sitting there cussing I was like oh I'm asking on TV well talk your shit then talk, talk your, your shit. shit talk your shit oh man that's funny that's funny but man it's gonna be an interesting year in the NFL we're looking forward to it uh, I know the schedule release came out I haven't really gotten an opportunity to sit and study it yet but that's our uh, that's our homework assignment for this next week to sit and look and see what uh which uh, games are the most intriguing. So we'll, uh, we'll make sure and get back to y'all on that one. But uh, we're going to move on to our next topic. And man, oh man, has it been a fucking crazy-ass playoffs. Yes, sir, it has. It's been a crazy one. We are almost close to the NBA Finals. We got a game seven today between the Boston Celtics and the Philadelphia 76ers in Boston. So gonna be a chippy one yeah it's definitely gonna be a chippy one especially after how uh, game six ended the other night uh jason tatum shot terribly for the first couple quarters end up shooting or end up scoring 16 in the last quarter and helped the celtics come back and win went four for four from three yeah oh he he was killing them from three like i that just that speaks to his mentality that he he believes that he's going to make every shot. And even though he may be in the middle of a slump, he's still going to keep trying. And it speaks to also his teammates. Exactly. Them having the faith in him that, you know, even though he is one for 13 right now, if we pass him the ball on this uh, on this wide open three in this biggest moment, he's still going to hit it. He's going to make plays. Yeah. So he did what he needed to do. Uh, I don't know what is going on with Philadelphia. They're struggling, but... I think if Philly does not win tonight, Doc Rivers is gone. Oh man, it's a it's been a mass exodus of coaches. If that's if that's the case, like how many how many championship level coaches have gotten dismissed this week? Yeah, because Monty Williams got dismissed. Or yeah, the Bucks coach Budenholzer also got dismissed. These 
coaches have won championships. Yeah, but championship they, coaches. I can be honest. Phoenix letting go of Monty Williams. Terrible call. I, I feel like it was too soon. Too soon. Like they they just traded for Durant. They just got this team together. There was no opportunity to create cohesiveness in the future for them. They just fired their coach, and now they have to start all over with a brand new coach who's going to have to install brand new schemes, get brand new players that fit his schemes. And I'm not saying it's impossible. And, you know, maybe this is the catalyst that puts them over the hump. But they had something working. If anything, what I would say is instead of firing him, you need to figure out getting a new center and a new point guard. I, I love Chris Paul to death, but when teams need Chris Paul the most, he is not there because he's either hurt or playing terribly. And then Aiden, on the other hand, too, they gave him his money, and he's just been playing terrible, too. He right. was playing soft all the se- the whole series. I think Aiden just proved that he's soft. Yeah, and soft. Like, you know, he, I don't think he realizes how big and strong he is. Like, there is no reason that Nikola Jokic should just be backing him down in the paint the way he does. And working his ass. Yeah, well, seriously, like, that, I get Jokic is strong, but Aiton is just as big and just as strong. Exactly. And if he really put his body into stopping him, if he really had the will to do it, he would do it. And he could do it. Exactly. He just doesn't. And I feel like this is where the Suns struggled the most by trading Jay Crowder away because... He was their best defensive player. He had that tenacity. Tenacity, yeah. And they've struggled since. But you don't let go of Monty Williams. I'm sorry. I say, if anything, you look for another point guard, get rid of Chris Paul, get rid of Aiden, and find some depth on your bench. That's where they struggled the most in this playoff series. They need role players. Because- role players. You can't have Durant and Booker play 48 minutes a night and not get help from anyone else. It was crazy as fuck. Cameron Payne had the scoring high for them the other night, and they still lost. Yeah, that's it, it's incredible. Like if you look at the stats between the Suns and the Nuggets, the Suns never won if Devin Booker shot less than 78% from the field. Exactly. Like the, the, he had to go bananas. He had to make 4 out of 5 shots just for them to even be in the game. Exactly. And you know, with you can't have Booker and Durant scoring 80 points a night for you. And you have to have some sort of other chipping, some other some sort of consistency from your other players. Now I get, you know, Chris Paul was hurt and I don't know why the fuck DeAndre Ayton was hurt. There was literally no reason for him to miss that last game. I feel like he just tapped out on his team. Boy, you soft as pillows. Yeah, I don't know. You're getting paid all this money and you're not playing the level you need to play to. It's inexcusable. I mean, and not, not just not playing to the level that you need to, but not playing altogether in the biggest moment. Exactly. Your, your team's back is against the wall. Your one opportunity to stand up and prove that you aren't going to let your team roll over and take it. And you didn't even play. You never gave yourself the opportunity to do that. Exactly. I think you might as well pack his bags and go on somewhere else. Yeah, I think he's honestly, I think he's going to be playing in a different uniform next year. And he's going to be one of the first casualties in the, on that Phoenix team other than Monty Williams and Chris Paul. It needs to happen. It does. It does. They need some role players. I don't want to say it was a disappointment. I know Phoenix is looking at it as a disappointment. But like for real, this was your first year together on giving up literally every piece that you had outside of Devin Booker to go get Kevin Durant. And you only played half a season together. Yeah, and then he was injured the majority of that time. Yeah. So yeah, it's it's too it was too early to make that that big of a call. You needed at least a couple years together, at least next year, to give it some cohesiveness and let it gel. Give it the opportunity to gel. Exactly. That's how I feel. Yeah, that's how I feel too, man. Um, so <laughs> we're gonna get into this game seven, Boston versus uh Philadelphia in the Eastern Conference semifinals. It was a it's been a crazy series so far. I didn't expect Philadelphia to honestly win a third game. I didn't think it either. Like I said on last week's episode, I was thinking that Boston was just gonna take it, but We've been seeing some flashbacks of Harden. We've been seeing MV, Embiid play to his MVP level, too, as well. Yeah. But now, when they had the chance to close it out, they couldn't do it. So, like I said, I'm curious to see who's going to win because I think Boston will still take it. But if Philly does what they need to do, they'll win. But like I said, it's a difficult one, especially because Doc, Doc Rivers like he has to win this game. If their team does not win the game, he's gone. Like I said, I feel like I feel like Embiid's been playing, showing his MVP caliber. 
in this series, my biggest question is, why the fuck did he not touch the ball the last four minutes of that game six? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, you're the best player on the team. Why are you not touching the ball? And on top of that, they, like, gave up when there was a minute left. Like, you didn't go for a rebound. You didn't try to get the ball, ask for the ball. They were deflated. This is your fucking team. You just, y'all pretty much just gave up and said, okay, well, Boston can have it. As, as an MVP, as a vocal leader of that team, if they're not giving you the ball, you need to go demand that ball. Like, you need to go assert yourself. No, this is my team. You got to pull a fucking Michael Jordan. Yeah, I feel like that's one of the biggest drawbacks on Embiid. Like, you know, he he sat there. He told the media after the fact. Did he tell the teammates during the game, like, give me the ball? Should have been saying that. He Like, there's, I think there was video of him yelling, but how much into that? Like, how how far did he push that? There's no reason MVP of the NBA should not be touching the basketball the last four minutes of a game six in the playoffs where you have an opportunity to close out the two seed. Exactly. And like I said, this goes back on coaching as well. As we're heading into this game seven, like I said, when it comes to coaching, Doc Rivers is six and nine in game seven games. So he's had all these opportunities to win game seven games and cannot get it done. So what is he going to be telling his team to help them win today? Because you're playing in Boston. Don't get me wrong. You've won one in Boston, but actually two, but it's tough to win in Boston. Like, yeah, it's it, it took him having a trio of Hall of Famers to win in Boston too. Yeah, it, like it it wasn't just something that like he coached his way to. Like I know that that team rode the wave of KG and Ray Allen and uh, Paul Pierce exactly. And you know the, he doesn't have that in Philadelphia. So like he has to he has to put his teams in better positions because he can't just outclass the other team just on talent alone. Exactly. And they're gonna have to bring it. Yeah, they're gonna have to bring it in. In Game Seven, anything can happen. Exactly. That's the that's the craziest part about it. That's why I love the NFL playoffs is because it's one game, it's one game. Anything could happen. So like to see a little bit of that translate into the NBA, into their playoffs where it's a Game Seven, do or die. I, I live for it. But yeah, man, I still see Boston coming out. It's in there. It's on their home court. Philadelphia fucked up by ever letting it get to that point. Yeah. But in, in all honesty. Even during the last four minutes that Embiid didn't touch the ball, Philadelphia was never really in it. There was there was no heart in the rest of the team that would ever even put, seem like it was putting up a fight. And they were just forcing shots at the end. Like, you need to be giving the ball to your best player on, on the court and let him try to go score. Yeah. But I also got to give credit to the Celtics because they switched their lineup and put Robert Williams in too mm-hmm. to also make Embiid have to try to get a bucket on him because he's a great defender also. Yeah, Robert, I mean, the the Robert Williams and Grant Williams, them, those two together, they play some great defense on Embiid. And I, I love to see it, man. I really do because that's what it takes to to win a championship. You know, the old, the old adage, defense wins championships. So now's the time to show it. Exactly. And so I'm saying Boston. You're saying Boston, right? I'm still going with Boston. Okay. So we're going to go to the Eastern Conference Finals now. The Eastern Conference Finals, neither of us saw this one coming, where we have Miami and motherfucking Boston. Well, I did I did actually kind of call this a couple episodes ago, saying if Miami or after Miami had beat the beat the Bucks, that it would be Miami Boston. So Oh yeah, yeah. I mean in our initial break. But but the initial one, yeah. yeah, I wasn't expecting this. I knew Boston would be in there, but I wasn't expecting Miami, but Miami has played their ass off. Shout out to Jimmy Jeffrey, Butler Jordan. <laughs> Jimmy Jordan, man, that uh, yeah, that boy. When playoff times come, playoff time comes, bro, he's untouchable. That boy is a dog. He really is, and he elevates his teammates around him too. And like, I I love seeing it. Exactly, I love to see it. And if they win, there's a possibility we can get a 2020 bubble finals rematch. Mm-mm. No. Oh, oh, he don't like it. No, no, I don't like that at all because that means you're going against the Nuggets. <laughs> we'll, we'll see what happens. No, yeah, we we gonna see what happens, man. It's been a it's been a wild ride so far, man. So if you were to if you were to put money down on a winner between Boston and Miami, who would you who would you pick? Oh, it's gonna be a tough one. Oh, I don't know yet. I don't. Uh, 
I really don't know yet. Like, I feel I, I want that one to go at least seven though too. So, I would say, oh my, my heart. Uh, I'm kind of going with the heat on it a little bit. Yeah, but my heart's just telling me Boston because the way Boston, like I said, the way Boston has gotten back to where they're at now with getting a new head coach, it's amazing. It's amazing to see and. I know the Heat are going to put up a fight, but Boston's always going to put up a fight, too. So, I don't know. I, I think it's going to go seven games, but it's really hard to say who's going to win. Yeah, that's a that's a really good matchup. Like, they they counteract each other in really exactly. good ways. But I still think defense wins championships, and Boston's going to gonna squeak that one out. I think it goes seven, too. And uh, let, me, let me throw a little wrinkle in here, Rico. I want to get your opinion on something. Say Philly wins. How do you view the the championship between Miami and Philadelphia? Miami. Miami. I don't know. I feel like um, I just don't feel like Philly really has it in them to get there. Like no matter how hard they try, I feel like they just don't have it to get there because and Embiid's going to do what he does, but I feel like the rest of the team isn't going to help him get to where they need to be. And that's where their slump has been for the past couple of years. Every time when they've gotten close to it, it's it's the same shit every year. So I, I don't know if they're really ready for the finals. I don't, I don't know that they are either. And like you, you go back to a point you made earlier with Doc Rivers in game seven. I don't know. I don't think they make it out of game seven. Yeah. Um, if they do, if they happen to go into Boston and win and, you know, all of a sudden they're playing Miami and they have home court, I give them a really good chance. I give I think it's going to be a hard fought series that goes at least six. And I I could honestly see Philadelphia pulling it out. They just have to get over the hump. I don't know. Like this game today is going to test them to see how strong they are. Yeah. Oh no! Today is definitely going to be the the litmus test for their for their championship heart, for their for their will, for their desire. How bad do they want it? We're gonna find out today. Exactly. Ah, well, that's that's the East, man. That's the fucking East. Um, we we got to talk about the other day. We got to talk about the other day. King James Western Conference Finals again. Western Conference Finals, LeBron James as a seven seed. Now that man's a dog. Yeah, that that Lakers team is a dog for what they did to the Warriors. Yeah. It, it, now, shout out to the Lakers for showing up and being the first team to beat Steve Kerr, not in the finals. Yeah, like that. That was incredible. And shout out to y'all. But you have to ask: Was there something deeper going on with the Warriors? I, I think since the beginning of the season with the Draymond Pool thing, I feel like there's just been a problem going on. Like that happened in the media, then I think things got quiet. But ever since Pool started playing in this playoff series, he's gotten a lot of lot of shit talked to him because he's played terrible. But he he disappeared in the biggest moments. He disappeared, and when they had an interview the other day after Game Five, they were just like. The whole locker room was quiet, and he had his face turned to his locker, and they were asking him questions, and the whole locker room was watching him to see what he said because they're just like, you're not playing the way you fucking need to right now. But, like, the way that he's capable of. Yeah. Like, in the in the playoffs last year, he was a dog. Dog. And then he got his bag this year. He got them problems with Draymond, and he's played fucking terrible when they needed him the most. Did <laughs> you have to ask, did Draymond just beat the bitch out of him? or? <laughs> I don't I really don't know. But my thing now is is the dynasty over? Because there's a lot of talks that Draymond's gonna end up leaving and he's gonna go like to the Lakers or somewhere. And then are they gonna get rid of Poole? Like, do you do you think the dynasty's over? I'm I'm I think it's up in the air. But if I'm being hundred percent honest, as long as you have Steph Curry, I think you have some sort of semblance of it. I give that man all the credit in the world. That man carried the fucking Warriors. Like Game Six, Clay was not there at all. And see, like that's that's something that I struggle with. I feel like Clay's not the same since his surgeries. Yeah, I don't think he's been the same since that injury. And like he missed, you know, he missed two years because of his ACL, and. He came back and he just hasn't been to that same level. They're not the same Splash Brothers. Yeah. So 
I think I think it's definitely up in the air. If Clay can return to Clay level, and it's hard to say with Jordan Poole, because he has the potential to be one of the best shooters in the NBA. But you can't be not showing up and going over and like having like stats across the board not show up in playoff games. Exactly. There's some there's something going around talking about he took a ice spice on a five hundred thousand dollar date. So is a little ice spice date? Is a little ice spice curse or what? So <laughs> is that boy just no? We're we're never not gonna discuss that. Here. We're not. Gonna... He lost in the cat. I don't know what it is. Oh yeah, I think uh, he got he got a little too much spice. I think that that might be. He what got happened. a little too much spice. No, that no. Honestly, like it's it's hard to not drop millions and millions of dollars just in your lap and have it go to the most ridiculous shit when you've never had that type of money and you don't know what wealth is. Mm-hmm. Like that's where a lot of these young guys struggle with like financial literacy. Now coming coming from where I come from, there was nobody there that taught us financial literacy. Facts. So we have that's something that we just kind of have to pick up on our own and learn and then pass on to like to the next generation on our own. But the, like we also never had the struggle of all of a sudden just having millions of dollars just dumped in our lap. Exactly. So like a lot of people don't know how to handle that. And uh, yeah, Jordan Poole going on $500,000 dates as my dude Irv the Phenom would say, bad investments. You thought I was feeling you? <laughs> Bruh, he spent $150,000 on a car for a first date. Wild. We ain't even going to get into that, bro. No, that, uh, yeah, that's just, that's insane. But okay, let's let's get into the actual series we're supposed to be talking about here, man. The motherfucking Lakers and the number one seed Denver Nuggets, man. How are you feeling about this series? There's a lot of, there's been a lot of talk going in on Facebook. Let me tell you this. It's a city divided. It's crazy. There's one side of the city going for Denver, one side going for the Lakers. I was very excited to talk about this on the podcast. Uh, it's going to be a great series. This is this is the competition the Nuggets need if they want to make it to the finals. No, for sure. This is the this is the the one where they need to they need to prove that they belong in that elite conversation. And first, okay, I'm gonna get this off my motherfucking chest now. If you were born and raised in the motherfucking city of Denver and you are rooting for the fucking Lakers, you are a fucking disgrace and get the fuck out my state. That was very intense. Wow. Um very the same with Raiders fans. If you're a Denver born Raider, Denver born Raiders fan, you're just an attention seeker and you're weird. Get the fuck out of here. Fuck the Raiders. But I don't know. Yeah, this is gonna be a, this is gonna be a great series. Like I said, I look forward to these two teams playing. The Nuggets need this series because it's gonna test them and see how great of a team they are. But also at the same time, LeBron's trying to build his legacy more. You're going for ring number five, so. I don't know. This is going to be a good one, too. I, I want six, seven games, but it depends on how both teams play because they both can play complacent. So, Do you, do you want me to tell you the, my X factor for this series? Who's your X factor? Anthony Davis. Oh, yeah. The brow. Like, so I think the games are going to be dependent on him. Oh, yeah. If, if he shows up, I feel like the he if he plays at the level that he can play, then... They're winning. I, they're winning. But if he decides to take some games off and play like JaVale McGee half the time, then, you know, I think the, the Nuggets, I mean, I think regardless, the Nuggets have a great chance of winning this series, even if AD plays his game. But I feel like the Lakers are the fucking Nuggets kryptonite. I, I said at the start of it, when we first did our breakdown that I did not want the Lakers in the Western Conference Finals mm-hmm. because like every time the Nuggets make it that far, there's the Lakers there to knock them out. And, you know, I'm, I'm over it, bro. This is, this is the fourth time. So like I'm, I don't want to see the Lakers in the Western Conference Finals anymore. And, and I I get it. They're top dog. They're it. LeBron James, Anthony Davis, and it's the it's the mountain. If you want to prove that you're the best, you got to beat the best. And the Nuggets haven't been able to beat the Lakers in the past. And you got to beat the Kings. So this is this is the. But at the same time, under the leadership of Nikola Jokic, Denver's doing stuff they've never done before. Exactly. This is two Western Conference Finals. Melo only got them to one. Yeah, and it took it took Chauncey Billups. It took Chauncey Billups, yeah, to yeah, get to, to, and a, an incredible defense. And 
I, I don't know. That's that's a story for a different day. But um, yeah, bro, fucking. It's a hard one. This is a tough one. It, it's it's incredible that like, and you you have to give the flowers to the Lakers, a team that started zero and five. It's like in the. <laughs> At the trade deadline, everyone counted this team out as not even making the playoffs. They traded everybody away. And now they found they found something good. And now they're on the verge of being the seventh seed making the NBA finals. That's not happening though. I don't know. We we're gonna have to see. It, it's gonna be a good one. It's it's definitely gonna be a good one. We're like we're, Nuggets definitely aren't gonna be able to punk LeBron. Yeah, they're not gonna be able to punk him. Don't get me wrong, the Nuggets have an amazing squad. But you also have, also have to remember who you're playing. You're playing LeBron. And like, like you said, too, X Factor is Anthony Davis. If he sits here and plays the way he's been playing defensively, it's going to be a tough series. And you probably might have to give all the credit in the world to the Lakers. But if AD comes out and plays flat, then that's when the Lakers are in trouble. Yeah, I, I agree. I just can't help but feel unease about this series on both sides. On both sides, because like it's it's a toss up. It, it really is. I caught a lot of heat about my take on I think it was episode three where we were talking about the goat conversation. Like you know, you can't bring up the NBA without really the goat conversation. And my take on it was there isn't a goat. There is a face that leads each generation, and that each each group of children that grew up watching them is going to put them forward as the goat in that conversation. Mm-hmm. So like that's that's my premise and that's where I come from because the game of basketball changes. When y'all motherfuckers heard me say that Steph Curry was the goat of this generation, that's all y'all heard. That's all your dumb motherfucking asses heard. So let me tell you. I don't even think they watched the whole, you got to watch the whole episode. I mean, honestly, it, it's, it's crazy because there was enough context in the video, like in the short and in the, in the description to what I was talking about. I gave context for it. It wasn't just like a stuff to go. LeBron sucks. Fuck you. No, bitch, shut the fuck up. If you're going to talk shit, at least listen to the context of the conversation. Tell me you didn't listen without telling me you didn't listen. Stupid fucks. He had to get that off his chest. Punk ass bitches, don't get me started. <laughs> oh, internet warriors, boy, I ain't playing. Y'all, y'all can try to punk everybody else. You ain't gonna punk me. I'm gonna tell you. I think that's a lot of problems with people. You have to give these players their flowers. Like people hate on LeBron so much, give him his fucking flowers. Appreciate it. People hate Steph Curry. Give him his fucking flowers. You're gonna appreciate greatness when they're gone, and that's the craziest shit. Like you hate him, you hate him right now, but appreciate his fucking greatness because once you're gone, or once he's gone, retired, don't be trying to be trying to dick ride him and be like, oh, Steph and LeBron were my favorite players when you were the number one fucking hater. Appreciate greatness because there's not gonna be too many players like them. Because you know the kids who grew up watching Steph Curry, but like weren't old quite old enough to see LeBron prior to Steph Curry. Like they're not they're not gonna understand what it was like watching LeBron and when he first came in and the wave that he started. They're gonna see Steph Curry in the way the wave that he started when he came in. And that's and that's really what it's gonna boil down to, man. And I'm you know, people take that conversation, you know, y'all get butt hurt over the stupidest shit. I could tell y'all the sky's blue and there's somebody that's gonna be like, no, it's not. You look at it, it's gray and it's mixed with purple. I bet you it looks blue to me. <laughs> But back to the conversation. How many games you got the Western Conference going? I think if it goes any less than seven, the Lakers win. Ooh, y- y'all heard that? Ooh, that that that's coming. That's coming from a Nuggets fan. That's coming from a realist, though. Too. I, I I can I can I can fully ride with that. If it's less than seven games, the Lakers are winning. I can I I can dig that. This this Nuggets team is playing with a toughness I've never seen out of them before. They just can't they just can't get complacent. They can't. They can't get complacent. They can't. What and Jamal has to show the fuck up. I'm sorry. For someone that watches Denver sports, like, Jamal, you gotta show the fuck up. Like, Jokic is gonna do what he does, but you gotta show the fuck up. If you're supposed to be that second man in charge. You got a lot of shit to prove, and you just can't get stale in these playoffs. Everybody's talking about Bubble Murray, Bubble Murray. You got to show that every single fucking night. You can't just show it in strides or when you want to show it. Come on, bring it out. No, I, I agree. And honestly, from what I've heard, 
he gets offended by the term bubble Murray. He gets mad as fuck that people think that that was only in the bubble. And that's why he's trying to and playing on the level that he's playing to prove that that wasn't a fluke. He gonna have to fucking show it. You know, it it's, it's time to show it now because this is where y'all fell short in the bubble. Exactly. If you want your get back, now's the get. you gotta get your get back now. Do you got the juice in you? Do you got Do the you juice? Do you got the juice? Do you got the juice? And you know what, Rico? I think that's a perfect segue into our motherfucking juice of the week. Nikola Jokic, baby. What's going on with the Joker? Hey, that man's something different. That that man they put the nuggets on his back. When he dropped, what, what 53? 53 and a loss. 53 and a loss. Like, like and here's, here's the thing with that. Had anyone else showed up at all in that game? They would have won. They would have won. They lost by five points. Like, Jokic, like, there was so much bad cohesiveness, offensive energy on the Nuggets side that Jokic had to put up 53 to carry him that far. But had anyone else showed up, it wouldn't have been close. Man, Nikola Jokic, I've never seen anyone play at a level like this. Exactly. I don't know. I also want to give another, not an individual, but the team juice of the week. I want to talk about the Lakers in game six. Them boys had the them boys had the juice. I, I'm sorry, Austin Reeves was sitting there going crazy. This man hit a half court buzzer beater. Yeah, I saw that. And see, like that's and that's exactly what we were talking about last week. In order for them to win that series and make a championship run, players like Austin Reeves were gonna have to step up big. And they all the their role players stepped up. Their role players stepped up big. Now here's the question: Can they do it consistently? That. Good question. I don't know. We're, we're going to have to see what happens because it's very hard to play in Denver, but you have to have to remember at the same time, L.A. has done great at home, too. So the Nuggets are going to be in another fight of trying to win road games because they struggled for the most part yeah. in the last series against the Suns away. So they yeah. won that one road game. So I don't know. We're gonna, Like I said, we're going to have to see what happens. Game one starts on Tuesday night, so... Yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to it, man. Um, all I know is the Nuggets have to protect their, their court. They can't lose at home. Mm-hmm. They, there cannot be a single loss at home, and if, if there is, you, you're probably not walking out of this series. You got to win a road game. Yeah, Multiple road games, yeah. so... Yeah, man, Nuggets... We in for a dogfight, ladies and yeah, gentlemen. We're definitely in for a dogfight. I'm super excited about it. I'm super excited about it. And another another little point I want to make inside this series, it's just a little interesting tidbit. The Lakers really didn't have to travel all that much last series. They stayed in Cali. Yeah, they stayed in Cali. But, you know, they, they did have to travel pretty decently for the first series to go to Memphis. But outside of that, they didn't leave Cali for the last series. And whereas the Nuggets have had to go to Minnesota and to Arizona, which isn't crazy far, but like it's still more of a more of a distance traveled. Do you think that's going to factor into the play at all? Look, I'll tell you this now. It's never easy to play in Denver. No matter what team you play against, you play against the Broncos, Nuggets, the altitude. If you're not used to the altitude, it's going to fuck you up. It's going to fuck you up. So. It's going to be interesting to see because, you know, it's not easy to win in Denver. So No, it's, it's definitely not. And if you haven't had to travel much and then all of a sudden you're having to play two games in a row in Denver, mm-hmm. like, can you can your body adjust? Like LeBron, I don't doubt that he's going to have no problem playing in Denver. He's been doing it for 20 years. He's not tripping. Exactly. He knows exactly what he's in for. But the team as a whole, like I think it's a mental thing. Like if you if you go into the, the Broncos opponent's locker room, it says... 5,280 feet above sea level. And they do that to let y'all, they play games with your head with you. Exactly. There's shit all around to let you know, like, yeah, you're at altitude. So you're going to fucking struggle today. Mm-hmm. You're going to be sitting there breathing with the oxygen like this. That's, yeah. that's all you see. So I don't know. It's going to be interesting. The altitude, the fans, you know, it's up for grabs. Who wants it more? Yeah. Who, who wants to say... They're going to be the NBA champion, so we'll have to see on Tuesday night what happens. Yeah, it starts Tuesday, man. It starts Tuesday, and you know we'll be, uh, we'll be along for the ride and keeping y'all updated on both East and West and getting, uh, getting ready for these uh, conference finals on our way to the NBA finals and what's been an amazing NBA season so far, man. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And uh, speaking of this NBA season, man, I, this gives me a nice little segue into our next topic of the day, our last one. This shit is getting out of pocket. We're going to go Memphis Blue for this one. So our final topic of the day, 
Good old John Morant back in the fucking news again. He does not fucking listen. I at this point, I'm just getting I'm getting tired of it. John Morant has been suspended from team activities again, and their fucking season's over because he decided to show a gun again on Instagram. Man. For this fucking second time. Any OG is going to tell you, you don't pull that shit out unless you got to use it, bro. So he clearly doesn't have the right people around him to guide him. If that's like, if you're, I'm as, as a gun owner myself, I'm proud of being able to own a gun and defend my family if that ever came to it. But he's showing it around like it's a fucking toy. He's not doing that, bro. He's using it to show how gangster he is. He's using it to show how hood he is. Like, do you do you not see the repercussions, bro? You have a two hundred million dollar contract in front of you, and he just missed that on millions of dollars for a bonus because he didn't make the NBA All Team. And if he hadn't been suspended for a part of the year for more gun charges, do you think he would have made an All NBA team? He would have definitely made it. Okay, so like that's that's my point. Like you're shooting yourself in the foot without shooting anybody. Exactly. You're sitting here playing around, holding your gun up like it's a fucking toy. You got kids that look up to you and kids that want to be either buying your shoes, buying your jersey. And this is the fucking second time you're getting in trouble. You have to show these kids and shit. That shit's not okay, but clearly it is because you keep doing it. And you better chill the fuck out because if not, the NBA is just going to be like, okay, well, you're done. Nike's going to take your shoe deal away. Like, come on, bro. You're too grown to be doing this shit. You have a fucking image. Yeah, you have a you have an image. You have a family to, to take care of. You have, you know, people that are depending on you as a man. Exactly. And for you to constantly put that in jeopardy by trying to show how hood you are and show how gangster you are. Like, bro, no one believes that shit. And you're a fucking celebrity. That's what I don't understand with celebrities and athletes. You're a fucking athlete. Someone's always recording you. That's, that's just how social media is now. When you have the, the public image of an NBA, a star NBA player, bro, you're like, you know, my mentor says it all the time. The eye in the sky is always on and it never lies. Exactly. And if you were any other fucking NBA player right now, you'd be out of the league. Because they just don't condone that shit. Now, now I, I get that the media sometimes doesn't can take every little thing and blow it out of proportion. If you go back to, you know, the late 90s, early 2000s, to the way they demonized Allen Iverson yeah. as, as they portrayed him as the, you know, the stereotypical image of a thug. Exactly. And when he was just, you know, wearing baggy jeans and had a do-rag on. Exactly, just know, doing his shit. Don't get me wrong. He there, there was shit going on that he was involved in, but it was nothing to the level of, John Morant, where there's a $200 million contract that you are under contract for that they owe you that you're in jeopardy of losing because you keep not, okay, not just the money, not just losing the money, but losing the money and your life. Like there's, there's no happy outcome at the end of this. Exactly. I get it. You're in Memphis and you play for the Grizzlies and shit, but you still have a fucking job to do at the end of the day. Take care of you and yours. You can't be sitting here just posting your gun out and shit. Like I said, Cameras are everywhere. People's always recording. That's just how social media is. But you got an image. You got to stay on the right fucking track. You sit here and went to rehab and was like, oh, the gun wasn't mine and I wouldn't do anything like that in the interview. Well, clearly you're doing it again. So what the fuck? You said all that just for no fucking reason. PR. That's all. That's all it is. He didn't. Honestly, he didn't write that statement. You know, exactly. grandma, someone at the Memphis Grizzlies PR wrote that uh wrote that statement for him and you know that like that's that's really what it is and it's all about maintaining the public image and right now what he's doing is he's hurting the image of the nba and of the memphis grizzlies exactly like that's the type of shit that these organizations don't stand for that they the second you start pulling shit like that no matter who you are no matter how good you are of course the better you are the more chances you're gonna get but they're gonna eventually say fuck you Exactly. And he keeps deleting his social media. That's not going to stop nothing. People are still going to keep talking about you. You got to stop the fucking shit you're doing and play fucking basketball. Stop trying to have this other lifestyle. You made past the hard part in your life. Now fucking go ball out, make your money, go home happy. Take care of your folk. Take care of your fucking people. You don't need to live this other fucking lifestyle. There's no need for it. There's really no need for it. You know, he needs a, a change in mindset. He needs a change in the people around him. And, you know, as honestly, his dad needs to grab him and be like, what are you doing, bro? 
Exactly. Like as as a father, like what the fuck? Like, are you- like if if I, in in that position, if my son was acting a fool, I'm grabbing his little ass, sitting him down, and be like, okay, the first and foremost, this is not what you came from, so you need to chill the fuck out. Yeah, because like, like this is not what you're son. doing. Like I I just don't understand it. Like you're making all these fucking millions of dollars. Stop trying to portray ugh, I can't even talk now that's how pissed off I am stop trying to fucking portray another image like be who you are make your money and go home there's no need to be posting your guns and shit okay like a lot of people have guns but that don't mean everyone needs to post it nah for real do what the fuck you gotta do like I said you got little kids wanting to be like you they're buying your jerseys they're buying your shoes so keep all that other shit away like you're bigger than that yeah it's it's not it's not worth it man like you're a at, at some point, you become a role model. Exactly. You're a role model to these kids. And, you know, even though, yes, we're all human and we all make mistakes, but... You got a bigger image. The The definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over again and expecting a different result. Exactly. So, is it now all of... Is it is it a mental thing at this point? Yeah, like, what the fuck is going on? Like, I get it. The season's over, but still... You still have an image to portray. Like, you got a big image. Like, like I said, kids are looking up to you. Want to be like you? Like, kids, kids are looking up to you. But not only that, you know how many people would kill to be in your position? It's, it's not easy out here for you know someone in the in the middle class, someone who doesn't have millions of dollars. It's there's nothing easy about what's going on in the economy right now, and for you to have this opportunity and just fuck it off pisses me off. You're out there acting like a teenager now. Yeah, and there's, you there's gotta be no on your grown man. You gotta yeah. be on your grown man shit. You got responsibility. None of it's none of it's cool. So I mean, and I I give a I give a huge shout out to Uncle Shay Shay, Shannon Sharp for you know being trying to be that voice to to tell him to check him like get your shit together, bro. You ain't nobody. Like you ain't nobody in these streets, bro. You got people to support. You got shit to take care of. What are you trying to act like a gangster for? Shout out to the OG, Uncle Shay Shay. Uncle Shay Shay, man. Yeah, that's. That boy, that he's always gonna keep it real. He, he is. That's what I love about Uncle Shay Shay. Yep, he's gonna he's gonna give you a very uh, a very real perspective from a from a very real state of mind. Like so, but yeah, man, John ja Morant, get your get, you, get your shit together, bro. Do you think he can turn it around? What what's it gonna take for him to turn it around? I don't know what it's gonna take. Maybe a suspend a longer suspension i don't know what it's going to take but you got to get your shit together like you at risk of losing your bag like you're going to lose your endorsement deals your nba contract like i don't know what the nba is going to do i i honestly think he might get suspended this time for a longer time mm-hmm. yeah cuz last one it was 8 games right it was just like 8 games yeah, it was 8 games so i it's hard for me to not look at it and think that he's the NBA is going to do something to really crack down on him this time. I could see a half a season suspension as like a maximum and maybe like a like a $200,000 fine. Like I think they could they'll really smack him fine wise and like uh give him a lengthy suspension and I think he'll appeal it down to like 32. I think he's going to be out of, uh, not quite half the season but close to it i don't know i don't know what it's gonna take at this point so yeah i don't i don't know what it is either man like some he just he's gonna have to willingly change his state of mind yeah he's gonna have to willingly look at his situation and be like i don't want to be here like you can't have these people that you're hanging around with threatening to shoot up the nba bus of another team of the team that you played you know what i'm saying you can't have shit like that you can't be caught in strip clubs pulling out guns. You the, the if the if you're on Instagram live and your first instinct is to pull out a gun and flash it, like bro, you need to reevaluate your fucking life. Like I said, he got an image. I don't know. I don't know where they go from here. Yeah, I mean, unfortunately, he's got a couple images and he's trying to portray the wrong one. Yep, that just ain't the way to go. No, it's re- it's really not, man. And Ja, I want you to get your shit together, bro. You're a great NBA player. You have so much star power, so much potential, and you have so much room to grow. I know. He's still young. You're still young. You're still young. You're still a young bull, man. So, like, please, just get your shit together. Screw your head on right. Hopefully something clicks this year where you can be like, okay, I don't want this life. Let me me make a change for myself, for my family, 
and for my future generations moving forward. Exactly. If not, they're going to be making a 30 for 30 in 10 years about how John Morant was the, the greatest that never was because of his street life that he wanted. And that's the last thing you want. Yeah, I don't think he'd be alive for that conversation, though. This is, is my point. Yep. It is what it is. I don't know. Get your shit together, bro. Huge advocate. I support you. You're an amazing basketball player, but things just going to have to get better because if not, you're going to go down a hole that you ain't going to be able to come up from. So That's the way I see it. Literally. But... All right, Rico, I think we've had uh, one hell of an episode today, man. 95 more episodes till 100. 95 more till 100. We Are we getting the countdown going? Start the countdown. Let the people know. New millennium. No, <laughs> you know what? I'm going to have to look and see uh, when that would be so we can maybe get some shit going for like a like a live 100th episode or some shit. That would be crazy. I ain't even going to lie. That, that would be insane. Yeah, that, that would be crazy, man. But... Uh, Man, I appreciate you as always coming down and uh, chopping up some sports with me this week, man. You want to plug your social media for the folk? Let the people know. Let your grandma, your mama, your whole family know. Your boy, Instagram, TikTok, Father Juice. Let the whole world know. But also, follow Siren Sports. Subscribe on YouTube. We're going to have episodes dropping every week. So. Don't be a hater. Episodes every week. We got new content daily, man. And uh, yeah, we're also on uh, Instagram and on Facebook and on TikTok at Siren Sports Pod. So make sure y'all hit us up over there. Follow us up. And, you know, like Rico was saying, we are on YouTube. The video drops exclusively there. So if you want to watch the video of this podcast, we're right there, man. Just make sure you hit subscribe on that shit. Like, share. Uh, make sure that it is, this uh, keeps going. As for me, I go by the name of Town. I am on Instagram and TikTok at Town5280. There is a dot between Town and 5280 on Instagram. Remember that one. But uh, other than that, man, it's been a great week. Thank you again for coming out, Rico. I appreciate you. And thank you, guys. We hope you have a great Mother's Day, a great weekend, a great playoff season. And we will be back next week. Catch y'all soon. Out. Yeah. Siren Sports is part of the Imprint Media Network.